Hello, welcome to Being the Change podcast. This is Isabel Kyoseyan, and I'm the founder with Kristen Vandeveer of Meditation Without Borders. And Being the Change podcast is part of Meditation Without Borders. And today we have an amazing guest. <laughs> uh, her name is Ana Victoria Calderon, and Ana Victoria Calderon is an amazing artist. She has a specialty in watercolors, and she has three books that you can buy on Amazon <laughs> and in many bookstores all over the world. And Ana Victoria is not only an artist, um, she's developed a whole, well, I don't know if business is the correct word, but we'll call it business for lack of a better word, of helping other artists find their own voice and help them to be able to live um to live to, <laughs> to make a living with their art. <laughs> to, that's the word. Thank you. To make a living uh, of their art. Because we have this idea that as artists, we're probably going to starve and we were afraid to kind of take that leap. So Ana Victoria has these amazing courses and retreats, which are called Magic Jungle Retreats, uh, where she teaches um, especially women how to find their own voice as an artist and be able to develop that and and live live through their art and also she has watercolor retreats all over the world in Sicily and Morocco and she's such an inspiration um, all over and also Ana Victoria is a beautiful influencer <laughs> that word I know I know I know it's the words but she has a beautiful presence on social media and she's dedicated to using um, those platforms for good and for helping others and for for kind of lifting others through that, which is something that is rare these days in social media. So she's an amazing guest. So thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, that was a great intro, Isabel. You did, not, you did not ruin it. It turned out great. Um, and thank I was nervous. <laughs> thank you uh, both Isabel and Kristen for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you because meditation has become one of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> so it's awesome to know that I'm with two uh, people who share this with hundreds of students, right? Or uh, thousands? I'm not sure now how many there might be between you guys. Lost count. <laughs> yeah. um, but, and before we start, I actually have a quick story to tell related to the very next day uh after I learned meditation with Isabel. <laughs> yes, and, please. And it's kind of crazy because when we were figuring out the dates to, to do this podcast, uh, Isabel said, how about Tuesday? And I looked at my calendar and I was like, oh, that's December 8th. That's the day that uh, John Lennon was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, well, let's just say that's auspicious somehow. Because <laughs> uh, I... What? Kind of I'm well, obsessed. he was a big meditator, yeah. yeah. So, so the very first time I ever heard of meditation or even had any reference, I think, for India and especially Maharishi was through the Beatles because I was a huge fan. I mean, I'm, I still am, but when I was around nine, ten years old, it was an obsession, and uh, I think almost everyone around me was. <laughs> was sick of it. I was like, why, why is this little girl only listening to the Beatles all the time? And I would, uh, that's also how I started drawing. I would like sketch out Paul McCartney's face. And I mean, it was a bit, it was a big deal. Right. And, 
And uh, so it was, I don't know, it was like my first introduction to when I, and I even remember seeing those pictures of the Beatles and Rishikesh and all the whole thing. And I remember um, Across the Universe, of course, that has the, the Jay Gurudev in the chorus. And <laughs> like the, the day after I took the four-day course uh, with Isabel in 2019, I remember I just said, I'm going to play that song and see how I feel. And I pressed play on Across the Universe. And I just started crying because it was the first time that I knew what they meant in the song. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I was like, I have chills. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, pools of sorrow, waves of joy and every single line. And, and when they did the chorus with the Jay Guru Dev and I don't know, I'm like crying right now too. <laughs> um, it was just such a powerful moment for me, uh, listening to a song that I've heard my entire life, but this was the very first time that I actually felt it. Um, so I don't know. That's just a, a quick little Beatles story because today is John Lennon's anniversary and uh, it's meant so much to me. And it's so cool that I think this kind of ties into the entire topic, maybe of what we're going to talk about, how because the Beatles were some sort of influencers too, I guess, where they 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 went to India and after that the entire sort of West world <laughs> was <laughs> was into into meditating suddenly, right? So I think that's uh I don't know, it's like a good good topic in general to to explore how meditation can can reach so many people when when the right person maybe communicates it too or shares that they're doing it and um, it gets other people interested. Wow. We don't even have to be here. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, I'm just going to listen. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's, there's a funny also story about that song, which is they, you know how they send spaceships um, to, to space? <laughs> And they send all this stuff from Earth, music and all this stuff. So in case there's some life out there, somebody will know what what we're doing on Earth. And so one of the songs that they sent was Across the Universe in one of the spaceships. And the day that they sent Across the Universe, um, which is funny because the song was literally traveling across the universe, was the day that Maharishi dropped his body. That's so crazy. Uh Wow, was that the um, Carl Sagan stuff that he sent out the the like gold disc with uh songs and it had some drawings on it Uh, maybe i don't know i don't know the details but i'll (laughs) look into it (laughs) i think that's what it is Um, i think it is too yeah but that's so crazy when did he die when did um maharishi die 2008 when did he drop his body before that was it maybe it was then i don't know we all have devices i could look it up um, Was he, was he retreated when he, when he passed his, like, I, I've heard these stories about him only caring about bees and just being, <laughs> sort of, like, in, the, in his last years on earth, sort of being away from everything and not really teaching anymore or anything like that, just being really into honey. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's funny. I just Googled when did Maharishi drop his body and Google had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no, wrong terminology. Yes, February 2008. Wow. And yes, he was into honey at, towards the end. 
Wow. Um, so crazy. was really into bees. I think he was had done meditation for a long time. And um, bees, it, it's interesting because I, I don't know at that time when he was into bees, but um, a lot of that messaging was around um, the, the, the integral role bees play in the planet. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of scary when you hear all these scientists and experts talk about yeah. how we're messing everything up. And, and the moment that bees stop pollinating is the moment where the earth stops. It, well, I mean, I guess humanity stops existing because I mean, there's this, it's a downer. <laughs> it's a downer. Yeah. It's true. But it's, yeah. it's, it's one of the many things I think, I think it's great that you brought up the Beatles because they are the, they are, they were influencers. The Beatles. <laughs> Yes. It's all connected. It's all one. It's all coming together. Sorry, go ahead. Oh my god. No, no, that's you're brilliant. Um they were the 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 first influencers. Like they're the ultimate influencers before that was even a word. Um and the idea of influence is an interesting one because a lot of us a lot of people are trying to get influence. You know, it's like it's like, well, maybe I'll come up with a great idea or a great brand, or if I do this this way or that way, everyone's trying to clawing for influence. Um, and this idea, what is influence? And influence is a tool. And it's a tool that, um, it, it, what, it, what is one using their influence for is what I'm always interested in. Yeah. Not just how many followers someone has, but what is it that they are putting out there? Mm-hmm. What is the message? Because really, if you're a true influencer, you're really just a conduit for a greater message. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's different levels. That that word is it's become really annoying, right? Um, because <laughs> when you when you hear of it, when you think of an influencer, you sort of think of someone who is trying to maybe show off a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. or or like wearing certain clothes and private putting private forth an image. Or, right. yeah, they're putting yeah. across an image, yeah. But um, look but, at my smoothie in my yeah. yoga pants. <laughs> I don't know. I think what we, for example, I've I've really learned a lot about this, especially with our Magic Jungle groups, and it's really about. So when you're an artist, the reason I don't associate myself as an influencer at all is because that's <laughs> not what I do. What I do is paint with watercolors, like that's my job, and that's what I do as a living, and that's um, everything else sort of is in orbit <laughs> with yeah. my watercolor painting. And it just so happens that I also like to teach, that I also like to write books on watercolor, that I also like to meditate, that I also have this passion for helping other people find their voices. Um, and when when someone is an artist, uh, there needs to come a time when you start sharing what you make, right? So if you're a painter and, and you have stocks and piles of um, canvases in, in, in your studio, but no one's ever seen them. There's some sort of cycle that never, just never happens because art is a two-way thing. There, there has to be someone who is admiring the art that, that you made, right? So it, again, it just so happens that right now the best way to share that is through social media. And you know, one of the things that we teach all the women who come in through our program is authenticity. So if you are truly enjoying what you are making, how what your lifestyle is with your art, um, are you happy with whatever it is that surrounds you? 
And you're sharing that people can sense that they can sense that happiness. They can sense that it's real. They, they know people can, people can tell like they, they know when something is being kind of fake or if you're trying to copy some, someone else, for example, or tons of things that can make it not authentic. So, uh, I don't know. I guess that the, the one thing when, if you, if you are looking for an audience and, and in my case, it's not to, I don't, I don't take on any like sponsored ads or anything like that. I just, you know, happen to have a lot of people who enjoy, uh, my watercolors and my teaching and all this. And sometimes I share, I don't really share anything about my personal life at all, but I do share mm, sort of like, I don't know, maybe spiritual practices or things that get me in the mood to be creative. And I think that's sort of how um, some of my uh, online following has reached Isabel here in, in Mexico, right? Through me sharing, um, hey guys, I learned to meditate because I was in a really bad spot <laughs> mentally. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of magic because my brain has been completely rewired and now everything is different. And uh, a month after I learned how to meditate, I started seeing these visions of sacred geometry and I got really into it. And now it's this whole new uh, area of study for my art and sort of I, I share my journey of inspiration too with uh, anyone who is interested in, in following along with my art journey. So I think that that's sort of interesting too. I think people ask artists a lot, where do you get your ideas from or what's your inspiration? And People don't always want to hear, oh, um, through meditation. <laughs> it's not the most popular answer because it because sometimes people don't want to do it. But the ones that do and and they're brave enough to be like, okay, I'm gonna sit with my thoughts, even though they're not my favorite thing. <laughs> and um, and go seek out, for example, Isabel, who's like the local uh, teacher where I am too. Um, Friendly local initiator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's – when the very first – I mean, those days when I learned how to meditate and I – because Isabel knows my my story, obviously. She's the one who who taught me how to, how to meditate. But I was just – I was in a really bad spot. Um, not in my life. Like, my life was going well on the outside. But inside, it was not good at all. Like, it was <laughs> – It was hard. And I had spent an entire year trying to work up the courage, I think, to actually learn to meditate. And I think that that's something that's important to for people to know that it's okay if you're not ready yet, because mm, it is scary to sit alone with your thoughts if your thoughts are not friendly. <laughs> <laughs> But then you meditate and you understand that, uh, Like, it's like the the whole thing, I'm too busy to meditate, right? It's like, no, you just need to meditate and then you won't be busy. Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, those thoughts are not really you. It's the, the kind of aura, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word, of your stress. So that's why you're getting these thoughts, but it's not really you. But it does take a certain amount of little courage, like, oh, okay, I'm going to face, yeah. face this. And once you do, and you actually see that that's not you, it's like, oh, and then creativity kind of starts starts to flow. And you touched on many amazing points, uh, but <laughs> one that I especially enjoyed was kind of the part about honesty, about how you're, you just kind of share 
things that inspire you on social media. So it's like, well, meditation inspired me. Sacred geometry inspired me. And how, because you're honest, it's, it's because it's, it's why you have such a large following, which completely ties in with meditation as well. With teachers, you can tell like that, um, <laughs> if that teacher is true or if they're not. And sometimes you, this is something that they say in meditation, but I think it completely, um, also also is with art now you kind of attract the type of students that you are so if you're so honest and true to your work that's the type of students that I'm sure you attract because I've met a lot of your students because they're not my students too (laughs) (laughs) and they're all amazing and and I don't think you really realize that the impact that you're that you are in their lives and how much they admire you and and it's because you show yourself as you are yeah, it's <clears throat> it's kind of weird to think. I, I guess if you uh, start thinking about all the all the people that are looking up to you or wanting to be like you in a certain way or whatever it is, it can feel really uncomfortable. Like it's a strange <laughs> it's a strange feeling that. I mean, what I, what I do is super niche, right? But I know there there's some super public, like I don't know the Maharishi, for example. <laughs> <laughs> There's, all these people are, are, it's almost, I don't know, you're, you're, you're giving, you're giving so, it looks like you're giving so much of yourself, but in reality, that's not what it is. It's just that you're in, enjoying your own journey and you're, and you just so happen to share it, I think. And um, so I like what you said about having a certain type of, of person who, who is into your stuff or whatever. Uh, and that's something really cool that like that's the the best part of a retreat actually is seeing how and and we've had students tell us that like the best part of this is is the type of people that come here Mm -hmm. and we agree it's we always cry and very I mean (laughs) you guys go to India every year right so how it is after you've been spending all this time with this group of people they become your little family for for the week or whatever it is and um I don't know it's crazy when when you're like, okay, back to real life. <laughs> so, it's so like when me and Kristen said goodbye, we have this picture in the street in Rishikesh where there's cows and like dung and like all this stuff. And me and Kristen are just hugging in the middle of the street because you have to go back to the airport that same day. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Those things are those things are so important though, right? To be to to actually go to get on a plane and be like, I'm going to not be in my everyday life for a while. And I'm just going to concentrate on this specific thing. Uh, and bye. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I don't know. I think that's what life is about having these little clusters of amazing experiences too, that, that can transform you. And then once you get back to your real life, well, that's what Vedic meditation is too, right? That's what I enjoyed the most about learning this is it's not necessarily what happens when you're inside, like when you're in, in it. (laughs) Uh, It's, and it's the way that you feel after. And I think that retreats can do that too. It really, I don't know, you get to know yourself so much when you're just, it's just you and this group of people. And well, I guess in India, the case is that you're you're meditating, right? And in the retreats that I do is that we're making art together and we're discovering things about ourselves and doing a lot of 
digging and <laughs> really trying to figure out what what matters to you as a person and how can I reflect that in my art. Um, so, yeah, I think it's any if 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 the time is ever right and anyone is ever thinking of going to any kind of retreat, I would definitely do it. It's just worth it to to have those experiences. And I was really I was down for India 2021. I was like, I I'm know. <laughs> It's so sad. <laughs> it looks your, like your, yeah. your work is so um, incredible. And it actually, I love artists, meditators, because it, it's like, what is it like? Model actors. <laughs> 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 it just goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. It's like um, before I learned to meditate, I was um, big into art and um, I still am though. In my head, I in potential I am. It doesn't actually, nothing, no art actually happens. Um but um, I some of my earliest kind of whatever you want to call them spiritual experiences I can't explain happened when creating art and um, and what's interesting your your art is is the reason it's so popular is because it resonates it's like some truth is coming through you and you're putting it down on paper and that truth is being felt it's like a chord being played that that resonates with a lot of other people. And, um, and I think one of the reasons that your authenticity is so beautiful in this process and being an influencer, but an authentic influencer, we're going to coin that. That's like a new thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is that you're bringing this beauty out to the world. And when it's about that and not about any of the other stuff, um, then you can be supportive of other artists because yeah. really you're all, you all have the same mission. What's 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 really fantastic about art is that in itself it's a healing practice. You can be painting tiny circles on a paper. <laughs> it doesn't mean, need to be anything crazy. It can be something abstract, simple. But just the act of uh, hold. In my case, it's painting, but of course there's ceramics and etching, and there's all sorts of art, right? But it's it's this thing where you're doing an, a repetitive motion with your hand. And at the same time, you have a larger vision and you're getting there little by little, right? So it's this, um, people call it being in a meditative state. And and I know that, especially with, um, like, since I've learned Vedic meditation, I understand now that when people say, oh, like running is my meditation or walking on the beach or swimming or painting is my, I get that that's not the same thing. <laughs> like, I understand that that's... <laughs> in fact, not meditation. Um, but I guess the word meditative can, can work because yeah. you do, mm -hmm. right. Like you do enter into this flow where, especially for me, where, where I was having all these kind of negative thoughts and stuff before I even learned to meditate when I was painting was the only time when I could just rest and my mind wasn't racing with a million things. And a lot of people, especially right now with, um, the whole pandemic thing have found, I've gotten messages from people that say, oh, thank you for doing your online courses. Um, I found so, so much joy. I was totally depressed and, and I found painting and it really is, has changed my life. It's it, a lot of people, I, I know people that basically have had really huge tragedies happen to them and just through painting, they've healed themselves. And I think that that's one of the reasons why so many people have admired art <laughs> through the ages because when you look at art, you're not only looking at a final piece, you're looking at everything the the artist was going through while they were in creation mode, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I think that's what's, I think that's what's really powerful about art. Both both the artist and the admirer are having a, a joint experience together, and um, there is something kind of mystical, magical about. It's very Vedic. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> There's lots to it. There's lots of nuance to the, the creation as you are creating. You are that flow is even me- meditation. It's creating. It's reducing the stagnation. The stress in your system is stagnation. It's reducing that to create more flow. And what flow is is the movement of consciousness through the stages of creation, maintenance, and destruction. And so when you're actually creating, you know, art, you are putting yourself into that state of of flow and creating. You know, consciousness likes that and then you also have we're all just um viewpoints for that one consciousness right we're all just expressions of that so you get to if you're not expressing there's that's an element of of stagnation so so that loosens that by getting your art whatever the art is doesn't have to be quote-unquote good art like i think people are get really um stuck because they think oh i'm not an artist or i'm not you know oh Kristen, you have no idea how many times we hear that with um (laughs) Especially people who, let's say they, they want to sign up to a retreat or, or whatever, and they're always like, oh, well, I wouldn't consider myself an artist, but I love to paint and I do it every day. And we're like, um, <laughs> you're an artist. Like, what are you talking about? You don't have to. You don't have to be in galleries. And that's not what it's about. It's it's about, do you make art? Yeah. Okay. Then you're an artist. There's not, there's not much more to it. It's just... <laughs> So I don't know. It's um, and Isabel, whenever she, when when she taught me to meditate too, she she told me very quickly like, since you already have this sort of portal that's open somehow, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you'll you'll take really really quickly to this, right? Like you'll get it really really fast. And I did from the first moment. I was like, okay, I understand, and I haven't missed one day since I learned. And it's like. It's like brushing your teeth, right? I would feel yeah. gross. It would feel gross if you didn't do that. And it's the same way um, with meditation. It's it's the gross know. but stress. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's just not happening. Where I would not do it. Yeah, and and, and that's so true. And I've always thought about it. Just as I told you, I think artists are very quick to learn how to meditate because they are already kind of connected to the source. So art is kind of like like a command. It's like the universe is wants to express these ideas through you. So you're like like obedient towards that. Like, yes, I'll do it. And it feels so good to express yourself through that. So whatever that art may be. And that's why artists are so great at meditation because they already allow themselves just to to follow that. So there are <laughs> yeah. so it's think, it's great. I think there's this <laughs> there's this really big myth too towards um making art where it's kind of like the out of depression or suffering comes the best art and Mm. I don't think that's true I don't think you need to be in chaos to make good art I think that bliss is a much better (laughs) place to be in for creativity to want to visit you because it's it's just it's like having a clean desk right it's when your mind is is clear like that the idea is in in fact like in meditation it's it's weird when when a painting will pop up kind of <laughs> like okay and i i heard a student ask you that he said the other day like what happens if i have a really 
good idea and it's in meditation. And I, I guess it all depends on what stage you're at in your practice, but um, that definitely does happen. It's yeah. it's like when when people think of of songs when they're in the shower or whatever that is. I think in meditation, some the same way that sometimes worrying about your whatever happens in the future or your or tomorrow or whatever can come up um really good ideas can also appear which has been one of my favorite things of of meditating I used used to think of it because I was an advertising art director Mm. and a writer and so I used to think of it as like like my phone booth like Superman Mm. I'd be like hold on a minute and I'd like slip away for 20 minutes and I'd be back with the answer like but I would have to like slip away I'm like I can't come up with this right now but give me 20 minutes and I'll be right back (laughs) it was like like going down to like everything suddenly would like it's like when you press the cleanup desktop on your computer and my thoughts would line up and it'd be like oh there's the answer or it'd be like a crystal ball under there um and I at the time I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to use it tactically Mm. that way yeah yeah. Um, that's not what you're supposed to do, but I certainly did repeatedly. Yeah. Did your uh, Did your coworkers knew what you were up to in those 20 minutes when you were uh, disappeared? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know. All, most of the time, yes. And it was funny because I got introduced to meditation through a colleague, and he used to piss me off because he would disappear right before a presentation all the time, mm. and I'd be like, "Where are you going?" Um, but I knew after a while. I, I once I learned to meditate, I figured it out, and I did the same thing. Um, but it does. It does. It lets you um, create connections. Like when you're in the wave of self, it's yeah. hard to see how everything connects. But then you go down there and, and all these things that normally disparate things seem to be connected and aligned. And so you can make these connections. Yeah. And I think one of the most powerful things for me has been how repetitive thoughts have kind of disappeared pretty much. Um, and I think that that just having repetitive thoughts takes up so much of your brain and your consciousness. And and when that starts to go away, when you begin meditating, it really opens up a bunch of space for for ideas like outside of meditation, right? In your regular waking state or whatever. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I just, I feel like it's so, uh, it's so connected and and with this whole thing of making authentic art and and all that, the reason that I've wanted to to share it with because I don't really share much of my personal life on social media or anything but I when I learned to meditate I was like okay this need people need to know about this like this is something that (laughs) I need to feel comfortable with at least telling people that I do this and in case they're interested in me they might be interested in this so that was enough for me (laughs) well it's amazing how many of your images remind me of yantras yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because if, for those who don't know, a yantra, you know, a mantra is like a sound vehicle. A yantra is like a, a visual vehicle. Um, the vehicle being to take you out of the relative into the more subtle layers of consciousness. And they're usually, um, there's the traditional ones and different ones represent different deities, but they always have like the center point representing the singularity and then the elaboration from there that goes circular. And, and so many of yours are just beautiful representations of that. You can stare at them for hours and just go like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> trippy. It's, it's, it's crazy because even even the circle, like that that specific shape has so much meaning. And you guys obviously know this 
um, with uh, like mandalas and all that kind of <laughs> beautiful work. And the what I've been really into lately is painting, well, actually drawing sacred geometry. And you do this using a compass and a ruler and, and a pencil, right? And that's that's all you need to trace these images. The most popular one is called the flower of life. And then we have the seed of life and the torus and the vortex. Like there's all these really cool shapes that come out of the circle, which represents totality in the universe and <laughs> the infinite. And it's all this stuff, right? But But what's really cool about sacred geometry is that you're kind of using both sides of your brain or your consciousness somehow because first you're drawing this perfect shape and that that is math like it there's perfection <laughs> in okay these nine circles are intersecting perfectly and no matter what i do it 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 will turn out perfect because it's math right it's like it's that side of your brain which is logics and um just that satisfaction in knowing, okay, I, I trace this geometric shape and there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's like two plus two is four. Like that's what it, it's like to trace. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's like to trace one of these shapes. Right. But then there comes this other side where it's your creative mission comes in and you have this, this basic shape that has been represent represented through many cultures through many centuries and they found it on tombs in Egypt and also here in, in Mexico and in some of the the archaeological sites and it's just been this shape that has been found over centuries and millennia and your creative mission is to find your own interpretation of that so depending on where you start to paint or what medium you use or the colors, or you can find different shapes within the shape. I mean, there's this whole universe that happens around these uh, sacred geometry shapes. And it's just such a satisfying art practice because um, it combines these two sides of your, before it used to be called like the left side and the right side of your brain. But I think that's sort of been debunked. Like that's not really how it works. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys get the idea, right? It's like your creative side and your more analytical side come mm -hmm. together with with making this art so um I'm really into it and uh yeah it is I, I get where it looks like like yantra it's like the same um concept which is in itself very Vedic because well as as we know Veda means means whole truth and Vedic is isn't necessarily ours Vedic is something that's present in absolutely everything because it's how nature and the universe works. That's why, as you were saying, kind of sacred geometry has been found in Egypt and in archaeological sites in Mexico because these are things that come naturally towards us when we're aligned with with our true nature. And so it's, it's so beautiful that, that this came to you in meditation, which is so interesting because you've been, you've been saying this of how people who see your art – they they it's not just you and the art some person has to kind of admire the art for it to to actually kind of come to life and so in in vedic um in the vedic world you have three ways of looking at things which is the gyankan karmakan and upasanakan which is the relative the the um, how do you describe the upasanakan person is it like the it's a celestial it's and the gyankan gyankan is the one consciousness Okay. Okay. So it's like the, the three layers of, 
of everything. And everything has these three layers. So when somebody looks at your art and through meditation, you're getting these beautiful ideas of sacred geometry and you're sharing this and you're going in consciousness. People who see and appreciate their art, I am venturing to say that they can actually be uplifted through your art because if they get into the state that you were in while you created that, even if it's just for a little itty bit, they can actually um, become uplifted through your art, which is why art is so important because we, we need connection. We need shared experiences. And one of the ways in which we, we get shared experiences is through art, which is why we enjoy books and why we enjoy movies and why we enjoy art because we need to feel that connection. And what an amazing thing. That's why people also are a little afraid to do art because it's putting yourself out there. It's like, okay, my deepest things, I'm going to show them to the world as they are. So it's also an act of bravery to show yourself as you are and share that with the world. And when people respond to it and are uplifted to it, well, that's the greatest gift you can give. Yeah. I feel like that's especially true with music, right? Because I, it's this typical thing where a person can say, I was in such a rough spot. Um, I, I was going through a breakup, whatever it was, and hearing a certain song and knowing, just knowing that someone else has felt the way that you feel now, mm-hmm. I think is what, what really Matt, that that's what's really healing about the other side. The spectator is oof, like, I, I'm not alone here. And someone else felt this so intensely, in fact, that they actually wrote a song about it and recorded it. And now I get to listen to it. And I feel a little bit better because my feet, like I can relate to those feelings too. So it's a shared experience for sure. And I do encourage anyone who is making art, especially if it's art that you are not, not necessarily, um, maybe just, uh, I don't know, like copying another artist just to try it out. Like all that practice is good. But if you're actually creating art that comes from your soul or your personal experiences, I always encourage anyone to share that because someone else might might see that and really relate to it. And as you say, have a positive experience just because you see it's, I don't know, it's like when you go to these uh, to museums, I always, I have a hard time with two things, like seeing masterpieces <laughs> <laughs> it it I don't know I feel really emotional or uh whenever I hear classical music I always start to cry and I just I don't know what it is it 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 touches me and um and I don't I think he's having knows this about me that I rarely listen to music because even when I paint I'd rather listen to a podcast or something because it's just so much like I can feel it so much <laughs> that, <laughs> that it'll my mood might get thrown off if something comes on that I wasn't ready to hear or and it's watercolor, um, so if you cry on it, it's yeah. a problem. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to ruin the painting, right? <laughs> so, I don't know. Art is just a world full of emotions and beauty and healing and mm. sharing. And um, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really happy that I sort of – I've just always wanted to do this since I was a little kid and that I got to do it as my job when I grew up. Um, and, and now having, having learned other tools that can help me with my creative journey as I, I change too, as a person, right? You, when you see art that you've made even five years ago or three years ago, and you can see the person that you were back then, it's just like 
proof of who you were in that time. And it's just really cool to see how even you can lock into past memories or how you felt when you were painting that back then or what your dreams were when you were making that and see, hey, did they come true or didn't they? Or did I get something even better um, that I thought I wanted, but that's not what happened or, you know? Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy that, it, that it's, it's something I dreamt of as a kid. And now it's something that I can do as an adult and, and I hope to do it for many, many years and to, um, hopefully inspire more people to learn meditation. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm in it for life. <laughs> yeah. You touched on something really interesting and I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'll be quick, but the, um, you, you talked about, we were talking about how the experience of the art is like a shared experience, how you create something that then you get to share that with someone else and they have that, which I think is important to point out because I think artists especially tend to get very much on the other end of the spectrum where they're all about, oh, I have to show who I am as an individual and prove who I am as an individual. And so it gets really into this very, um, gets the boundaries get thick around yeah. the person and remembering that this is a, this is, this is a unity experience. And that really it's like you're, it's, it's almost like there's one piece of music, but one person can play it on the piano one way. And one person plays it a completely different way. It's like, it's your interpretation of this shared yeah. Experience. And I, I think that um I think that there's no wrong, wrong way to to make art. Um but I, what I do think is that it's important to really look into who you are and what makes you happy and what your core values are as a human being even. <laughs> and if being super private and maybe even cagey or <laughs> whatever it is is something that you feel right now that I guess that that's the way that you want to be, then maybe, okay, just paint your art and be private about it. And maybe you don't have to share it right now. But if, if community is important for you, and it certainly is for me, I, I know that I know that community is one of the, the biggest sort of pillars in, in life for me. Um, <laughs> and, and for me, it is important to, to not be like that, to, to really make, make art, not only, a shared experience in sharing my art and having other people see it. But I, I really do love teaching. And I think that teaching is also almost like a creative practice in itself. When you come up with a course or a way to teach something, I mean, you guys are, are teachers and you guys have, uh, there's like a certain thing that you're teaching, but you have your own individual way of doing it, right? Like your personality comes up through <laughs> through the way you teach. And, and that's true also for making art and making art in group is really powerful too. And, and I've learned that that's something that I'm just passionate about it. I, I really want people to have transformative experiences through making art in a group setting. Like that's, that's a big part of, of um, what it all means for me. I think that's beautiful because I think that gets a lot of people through that, through whatever blocks they have around creating art. Um, and, you know, to, to reminds people that really, you know, if you enjoy creating the art, then that's all that matters. You know, <laughs> like yeah. it's a fully valid experience. Um, it doesn't need, you know, it, every piece of artwork is an object. 
and every object has a subject viewing it. And it, it doesn't matter how many people are viewing that art, even if it's just you, it's being enjoyed. And that, you know, because we are expressions of the one consciousness, that one consciousness is enjoying through us. So it's, it's, a, it's valid. And, and, you know, I, I just, as an artist myself, I used to get wrapped up into that idea of like, you know, the art, it was almost like that tree falls in the woods. It's like, Oh, if I didn't, if I yeah. wasn't in a gallery, did it exist? You know, <laughs> And it's like, it exists. <laughs> yeah. I, I love what you just said there. It's, I don't know. It's, um, it does exist for sure <laughs> because, because you made it and you were transformed through that moment, something, you know, or maybe you just enjoyed that time and that's fine too. It's like, um, doing whatever it is that brings you joy is fine. <laughs> and, um, and especially with, uh, I mean, one of the coolest things about that for, for me at least that has happened with uh learning vedic meditation and, and practicing it is the whole following the charm concept and how that is also true when you're when you're making these choices to, you know with your creativity and what am i willing to share and even saying like okay i think i'm ready to share with the world sort of uh my story and and I'll share it on social media and I'll share how hard of a time I was having before and now not so much. In fact, like pretty much not at all um, <laughs> because I learned this technique and all that uh, kind of, it, it's just, it feels so nice to know that the choices that you're making are sort of like backed up somehow by a larger force, right? <laughs> yeah. Know, that, that's how I've felt with this entire journey <laughs> it does it for me it, it's always felt that way it, may, it feels like it takes some of the responsibility off too <laughs> yeah and and also learning you know what it, if you go through something that's difficult or or expectations that you were not <laughs> wanting to have or you thought something else was going to happen it's really cool how how this entire practice helps you know that right like <laughs> okay, this big thing that I was really excited about, it did not happen. And I'm glad it didn't because that means that something else is going to come along that's better or this was just not what was, <laughs> what was um, on, on the path, right? So it's, I don't know, bef before learning to meditate, I, I feel like there's a lot more frustration in life because you're really attached to certain outcomes or uh, – Ideas timing, yeah, timing, <laughs> or just stuff that you make up in your head, like daydreaming all the time about the, how you wish things were, even though you're not. What you're, what you should be doing is knowing that right now, it's all good. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's been, for me, that's been some one of the greatest things about about this is being able to just trust. Mm -hmm. and stop wanting to control you know like not wanting to control everything and when when and how and who whatever it is and um, has that affected your your process you know your your artistic process that letting go yeah I think that um it's helped me like chill out a little bit with <laughs> because you guys know like there's a lot of competition out there with 
with art or illustration or the entire uh, industry with social media has, there's tons of artists out there who were, who now have a voice and it's super easy to do it. Whereas before you had to get, it's like, um, it's like comedians, right? Before they had to get like a, a deal on a sitcom or something like that, or get on like the right. tonight show. And now they can just have their podcasts and, and Oh my God, it, turns out that there's hundreds and hundreds of really funny comedians out there that weren't give, being given a chance, right? <laughs> so, so I think it's the same with art. Before, you had to have someone be really interested and in, in either pick you up for an article, for a magazine, or have you featured in a, in a, in a show or in a gallery or something like that. And now people can, can really just enjoy whatever kind of art they they want in the world. And, and I think that's great, but it does mean that obviously there's some pressure. I, I guess some artists can feel like, am I not painting enough? I see these other, I follow these other artists and I see them, you know, posting every two days or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that um, for me, what is, what's really helped is being like right now, I know that I'm not going to be able to paint for about a month with the, cause I'm moving and all this stuff. And I think that before I would kind of be freaking out and being like, okay, um, what can I post that I haven't posted before? Or, or being, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a little anxious about not being able to paint because also, you know, painting is what what used to be my pretty much my only escape from sort of my troubled mind. And and now I don't feel that way. Now I'm just like, that's it's fine. Right now is just not the moment to do that. And I'm not scared that my creativity will go away or something like that. If I, you know, if I step away from it for a bit, cause it's enough, something else is happening. Right. So I think it's more about how you approach, um, the creative practice and having it be your business too, can bring on a little bit of stress. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, I love that, you know, the troubled mind is gone, but the creativity hasn't because like you said before, a lot of people think they need the neuroses and the anxiety yeah. to create when really, I think a lot of the reason artists in the past had what were labeled mental issues is because they were trying to be authentic in a society that did not allow for their authentic selves. And so their voice came through their art, but they, you know, yeah, they, they were express. Yeah, they were they were <laughs> expressing themselves because they had to. Like it was, yeah. I can't not do this, right? <laughs> and so it's it wasn't them that was the problem. It was more the ex authenticity was not allowed in those frameworks, you know. Yeah. So um, that's not to say that was the case in every case, but I, I think that's part of it. I did a my thesis on this a while ago. Wow, <laughs> and. Um, I would love to read that. That's a very oh, different approach than what I've than what we we are used to hearing. Well, it's, there's that that old thing, you know, like you have to, um, you know, and it, I think there's this this theory that it's like the heart of humanity is dark and evil. That and a lot of that is wrapped around this idea the artists go to the heart of things and then they go mad because they've seen the heart of what you know. It's like the book, The Heart of Darkness, when really. When we go inward, it's actually light. It's not darkness. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's kind of you know gotten flipped around. But that could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> we'll get into it now. But I do have to say, I don't think you have to worry about your business because I seriously want to tattoo every single one of your ties <laughs> onto my body. 
yeah, it's I, I don't know. The art is just there's so many ways to look at it and throughout the ages, the way that the I mean, it's always been a really important part of culture and society and 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 historical reference too. Like seeing the type of art that was made uh a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, twenty years ago. <laughs> um it's just it's such a beautiful time capsule too and right now i'm i'm happy that there's so many people that are able to share what they're making and more than ever being able to be happy with their life choice of because everyone is scared about you know what about robots taking over jobs and all this kind of stuff but it's like um hey guess what creativity is the one thing that cannot be done by ai or a robot. <laughs> so, so, so I think that, that whereas b- before it, it was almost like a super risky decision to be an artist or an illustrator or something like that, or parents that were baby boomers might've looked at you like you were crazy or trying to make you choose another life path or career or whatever. <laughs> but now I think it's, it's one of the best jobs that you can have. And I'm hoping that that more people will be happier and happier as time, you know, especially r- right now where, where people artists at heart can truly have this be the way that they make a living and they, they don't have to sort of suffer through another kind of, you know, maybe nine to five thing that they're not, not into mm-hmm. um, and just sort of paint at night or draw at night when they have a couple of extra hours. It's really cool to be able to, do it all the time <laughs> and um, have the recognition or, you know, the money or whatever it is that you want out of this, it's totally doable. And I think that that's one of my favorite things of of this entire sort of social media era, because I know there's some really bad parts about it. It's not all good, obviously, but it has, <laughs> it has given a, a voice to so many artists that have, that, you know, before you would have to pay thousands of dollars at a trade show to get discovered for certain industries or whatever it is. And now all you have to do is really, and you know, be good at it and share it. And that's it. Like, it's awesome. It's really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. So if you would like to see Anna's work, speaking of sharing it, <laughs> um, you can find her at, uh, it is it's your name is Anna Victoria, but your website oh, yeah. is Anna Victoriana. Is that yeah, correct? yeah. Okay. Um Anna Victoriana is my IG and also AnnaVictoriana.com. It's it's because my um my dad had this Italian friend um, when we were growing up and he would call me like Vitorina, Vitorina. <laughs> he had this nickname for me and it was like it turned into Victoriana, which is my name sort of inverse, like Anna Victoria, Victoria Anna. Oh, cool. See? Yeah. So it just I like, get it. It's a play on words. So it's Anna Victoriana. Um Yes. With one N, A N A. Yeah, yeah. Or just and, Anna Victoria sorry. Calderon. And um yes. you can also like search my name in Amazon, find my books there, or um just probably Instagram is the best. <laughs> and the you best can place. you can take her classes online, which are amazing. I've heard I'm still <laughs> I still need to take them, but I've heard amazing things about them. You can buy her books, which have trans have been translated into many languages. Um, you can go on her retreats, which are also amazing. <laughs> so she is a powerhouse force of nature. 
inspiring and uplifting others through what changed her life, um, which is art and now, uh, well, meditation. And she's also very into Ayurveda. So she has uplifted so many people through through things that have changed her. So if if you're keen, uh, don't hesitate to to let her know because she, as you can hear, is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so much. It's been super awesome speaking with you both. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming on and talking to us. We could do this for hours. <laughs> you know, I'm like, um, we're on hour one of how many? <laughs> I get it, though. This can't go on forever. It's but we'll probably have parts two, three, four, five, and as many because this has been amazing. Yeah, of course. I'd be uh, happy to come back, chat with you guys some more. Thanks, everyone.